0: Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. We gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and the Word made flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome Him. The light shines on us today from Paul's second letter to the Church of Corinth, chapter 12, where Paul brings brings up some confusing ideas. A third heaven? Who was this guy? A thorn in the flesh? What was this thorn? What is going on? But also at the same time, as we know Scripture interprets interprets Scripture, that we hear a clear proclamation of God's promises. My grace is sufficient for you, and the power is made perfect in weakness. The gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Special thanks this morning to Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. We have the honor today of having with us our guest, Pastor Timothy Winterstein, who serves Faith Lutheran Church in East Wenatchee, Washington. Pastor Winterstein, welcome to Thy Strong Word. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the interesting things in life is when you find out that someone has the same name as you. So let me tell you a story. Maybe I told you this already, but I went to had the honor of going to Vietnam last year um, to see one of our international schools. And and Tim, you know, Pastor Winterstein and I went to seminary together and graduated together. And um, I walk up to this international school that we have in Hanoi, Vietnam. And this guy comes up to me, shakes my hand and says, I'm Tim Winterstein. <laughs> so I was like, I said to him, no, you're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, he wasn't there is amused a, there is a, Yeah, there is another guy who uh, has my name And uh, I have never met him in person But uh, Facebook friends, of course
0: Absolutely, yeah um, Anyways, I think at the time You both kind of had shaved heads So I was confused for a moment I thought it might be <laughs> you But anyways Well, Pastor, it is great to have you on um, Great to hear your voice again And uh, you've been on KFU before, correct? You've been on Thy Strong Word? Yes yes, I believe so a couple times. Okay. Um, and you know I'm still new here a couple weeks. Um, I know you and but a lot of our guests are new. Um, and so I was wondering if you could spend a few moments introducing yourself and uh, the work of the Saints at Faith Lutheran.
1: Sure. Um, I've, uh, I've been a pastor here for just over seven years and uh, before that I, w- I was in Minnesota North. Um. Ayo. and uh, so we. <laughs> uh, I think we talked a couple of times then. I think we went to circuit visitors conferences together. So, um, absolutely, and uh, yeah. So we. Um, it's been as it has been for all the churches, uh, strange and weird, and trying to figure out uh, what's the best way to to do the work uh, that God has given to us um, here. And uh, so uh, we we've been meeting in person for a while uh, under the guidelines that uh, have been set in order to keep people safe and also uh, live streaming on Facebook, which is not anything that I ever thought that I would actually do, but um, we're doing it. And uh, so people are able to, to uh, tune in and hear the word uh, that way. So, yeah.
0: Well, you know, we, right now, I think it's never been more true, but we don't live in ideals. We deal with reality. And that's kind of our reality and how can we get the word of God to people and care for souls, which is which is what we do. And so that's what's great about KFUO. Like I was I was telling a number of our, our guests, and and I'll tell you too, Pastor, is that you know, one thing we found out the first couple of weeks on here is that people are listening around the world, even in Sri Lanka, the Philippines. We had people write in from Jamaica and even Canada, way far away from Canada. They are listening as well in 25, 26 different states. So it's a reminder for us that the word of God does go out and uh, they're listening today. So that's what they're here, here to hear about, not any of our stories. So, Pastor, right we are in 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Fascinating first 10 verses. I'm excited to have you with us to study them. But as we begin uh, to search the scriptures, Pastor, can you bring us in prayer, please? Sure.
1: Lord, God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the word that you give to us. We thank you for for sending uh, St. Paul as the apostle of your Son, that uh, he might bring to us your word as well. And uh, we thank you that it has come down to us, and that you encourage us by your word. you strengthen us, you you bind us to yourself to the promises of your son Christ, that uh, that we uh, might not waver. Uh, no matter what circumstances or what uh, in, w- in which we find ourselves, we, we know that uh, your word is true and that uh, you keep us by your word uh, until the day you take us to yourself. So we thank you for that word. We ask that you would open our, our hearts and minds to, to hear it now. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Reminder to everyone that if you have any questions concerning our text today, drop us an email kfuo at kfuo.org. Kfuo at kfuo.org. And I'll say this I know Pastor Winterstein knows many of the answers. You know, at seminary, I was like in the, the <laughs> right. Pastor Winterstein was on the third heaven, right? And I was on the, the first heaven when it came to classes. So just Today is the day to that, ask but... questions. You know. Okay. All right. All right. Anyways. There's not going to be. There is no questions that are about this text. There. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> That's right. Everything is just simple in this text. So, let's uh let's get into this. But I first wanted to ask, do you? I mean, we are getting to close to the end of Second Corinthians. It's been a fascinating book to get into, um, to see what Paul is writing, the the love and care he has for the church, and also, you know, a few moments where he you know chides them and tells them, listen up, you got to step it up a notch, but he also, there's a lot of different things. So what things do you want to highlight um, concerning our text today, background, introductory, to help us out as we look?
1: Um, some of the things that I noticed uh, just taking a look at it, uh, the, the number of times that Paul uh, speaks of weakness um, and his mm-hmm. own weakness and what what that means then for what God is doing, uh, as well as I, I I think I saw this that the the number of times that Paul uses the word boasting in in, in Second Corinthians is something like twenty nine times. Um, so there's a there's there's something going on in Corinth, and I don't think we know exactly, uh, but somebody is, or more than some one somebody is causing problems in uh, for the Corinthians. Uh, they seem to have. Um, uh, dealt with some of the issues that Paul writes about in First Corinthians, uh, and maybe even a little too harshly in terms of of dealing with uh, the the people caught in sin there. Um, and mm. so Paul is sort of pull, pulling them back a little bit from from they've kind of seen, it seems that they've gone from one end of total lax anybody can do what they want to far to the other end in light of Paul's words, you know we're going to be very harsh. And so it seems like Paul is trying to locate them somewhere in the, in the middle of that. Um, but somebody's, somebody's causing problems and, and maybe uh, putting uh, casting aspersions on Paul or uh, saying something about what Paul is doing, that he, he's not there. He hasn't done what he's supposed to do. So, something like that. And so Paul is trying to, it seems to me, deal with um, what, whatever it is that those people are saying. He's trying to respond to the Corinthians in such a way that they hold not to a person, but to Christ, as it, as it was in, in the beginning of 1 Corinthians when he tells them, okay. you can't hold to a person, it's, uh, we're all instruments of Christ. So that something like that is going on, it seems to me.
0: Yeah, that's one of the fascinating things in this book is that you are continually wondering, okay, he said that, and that sounds like a reaction to, to this, but we don't really know what this is or this or that, or maybe I didn't say that correctly. But, you know, he's saying this, but what was the that? You know, what was he reacting to from these uh, these super apostles? And then he even wanted to call them false, you know, false apostles, false prophets, is what were they exactly saying? And we only can get the, you know, the little crumbs that are in front of us. But he, like you said, he keeps using the word boasting, So he's showing us where is the right place to boast, and it says, you know, um, to boast in the Lord, right? And then today he's going to talk about that even more so, about what else we can boast in. At the same time, he talks about weaknesses a lot. And so it's really interesting to think about what were they actually saying? And we're going to have to, we could do a lot of theological song and dance here, but we're probably just going to have to do our best guess. So let's dig in. Any other thoughts before we get started?
1: No, I mean it's just like it's like we're hearing one side of the conversation and we get some of it, um, but uh, we don't. And and I clearly, I think from the end of chapter eleven and into twelve, the the um, the the one thing is that they have sort of highlighted their own uh, credentials and they're they're saying why the Corinthians. Uh, uh, should listen to them. And Paul, in some ways, responding to that, it's, it, uh, it appears. so. But you're right, we only have one side of the conversation, so we just right. have to go with what we have.
0: We'll just go with what the Holy Spirit gives us. So let's begin. Um, we are reading, reminder to our listeners, that we are reading from the English Standard Version. We'll begin just with verse 1. Paul writes, I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now, pastor, I want to wait on the boasting until we get to verse five. Okay. So just, I wanted you, I want you to hold back until, but the boasting piece of this. Um, But, but he, he speaks here. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. What is he talking about there?
1: Uh, Well, he's going to, uh, I think really what happens in, in verses two and three and four uh, seems to be, uh, the thing to which he's referring. Um, and, uh, it, again, it's, it seems to be, um, sort of like, I'm going to, uh, raise you these, whoever it is in Corinth. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to raise and I'm going to see, and I'm going to raise your, your bet about how important and significant you are, uh, based on Mm. your credentials. And I'm going to tell you, look, here. Here's who I am. I've got. Uh, um, he he tells uh, um, his his background and and what he um, in in 1122 and following there. He he talks about being Hebrew Israelite, servants of Christ, etc. And then he goes on to talk about how many times he's been uh, beaten and stoned and shipwrecked and all those kinds of things. Um, and uh, he and. All kind of to the point, I think, where he's he's uh, not only going to raise their their bet, but he's going to kind of flip the table over and say, "What's the point? Uh, this none of this is really what we should be focusing on." Um, but here he's still raising. I mean, he's saying, I, "I, if you want, if you want to talk about what we've received and what I've received as an apostle, here it is." Um, but that's not actually going to get us very far and uh
0: um uh so yeah 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 and it's great because yeah and that's that you you captured that perfectly is that he is going through this whole list and this whole list is something that you're kind of like oh boy this guy really thinks he's something else you know kind of either it makes you kind of like wow how great is that or depressed about yourself like Well, I've never been lashed. You know, I've never (laughs) been beaten with rods. I was never stoned and they thought I was dead. All this kind of stuff and say, well, you know, what is my significance? And he's going through this list for a purpose. Sometimes you feel like, what is he exactly doing? And that's what you captured so well is, wait, is this actually the main thing? So he's transitioning to visions and revelations. Something that he even says here, we have to be very careful with. I think he implies that definitely in these verses. But he continues the boasting. We're going to get more to that a little bit later. Let's continue on to verses 2 through 4. We'll be able to unpack this um, quite a bit more. Verses 2 through 4. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body. I don't know. God knows. And I don't know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body. I do not know. God knows. And he heard these and he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. All right. So this, this is kind of like when um, someone comes to you and says, Well, oh, people have been talking um, or something like that. Or you say, well, I know a guy who's gone through this. Who do you think this guy <laughs> is?
1: Uh, I, am convinced it's St. Paul himself. And, and as far as I can tell, that's always been the, pretty much the consensus, uh, among, uh, you know, ancient commentators and, and even, and more recent ones is that, is that Paul is speaking of himself and, and that fits the context. Well, I mean, he, uh, um, he's talking about, um, himself. He's been talking about himself. He's been talking about how, um, He's boasting according to the flesh and this if you want to go according to the flesh, Paul can Paul can beat you at that. Um and 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 then uh so so but he's putting a little bit of distance, it seems like, in verse two. He's putting a little bit of distance a bit of distance between himself and mm. in the story. Um and maybe that lends itself to um but the things that he knows and the fact that he says in verse four he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter or unspeakable words or something along those lines, uh, sort of implies that he's the one who heard them and he can't speak about them because if somebody else heard them, uh, they wouldn't be able to tell him. So I'm, I'm convinced. Oh, interesting. Good himself,
0: point. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, Cause if another guy told him, um, then that would be like, Well, how how would you have heard these words? You know, it says a man may not utter them, and yet someone's uttered them to you. How did this happen? So anyways, yeah. So historically, in the commentaries I read as well, said, well, this is probably Paul. We can't say 100% clarity, but it definitely even becomes more um obvious as we get later on in the text he talks about 14 years ago we don't know exactly what that means i saw some kind of theological guessing on what was happening at that time we really don't know but he's caught up to the third heaven what is he talking about here pastor the
1: the the way that i that i've thought about it and uh and i I'm I'm by no means an expert, so if uh, somebody disagrees <laughs> with this, that's fine. Um, but I, I believe what's happening is the the different ways that the scriptures talk about the heavens, uh, and in terms of right, God created the heavens and the earth, so that's the physical heavens up you know in the sky, the the top of if we're on the on the earth, and then you from the top to the bottom, from the heavens to the earth, God created it all. That's one thing. And then you kind of have the heavens like the sky in the in the air. And then here Paul seems to add this. And, and as far as I know, this is the only place that this sort of reference is used. So, so I think mm-hmm. what Paul is saying is he was caught up to heaven in the sense of where God is, and not just like floating around in the sky or something or in space, right? People, you know, make these jokes about they, they go out in space, but they never get to heaven. Um, that's because it's not that kind of, it's not that kind of place. It's not that kind of, um, uh, it's not a place you can just go up straight and get to. So I, I think that, that in, in the sense of the ways that the scripture uses the word heaven, that it it's not the sky, it's not space, it's the the the, the name we use for where God is. Um, that's, that's, that's my conclusion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And once again, like you said, we're clearly not experts on this, but the best thing we have, I heard a, uh, of a, a guy who had a Jewish background, uh, actually his a regular guest here, Kevin Parvey. And he just talked about how that's how, uh, they would talk about this in intertestamental times is that you, you know, Where we are is, you know, the clouds is kind of the first heaven. Space is kind of the second heaven. And then to be with the Lord is the third heaven to kind of give you an idea, especially when Jesus, you know, ascends to heaven. He doesn't like disappear. What does he do? He ascends up. Um, And so it just kind of makes people think about, okay, heaven is clearly up. You know, I lift my eyes to the hills from where is my help? My hope come, you know, it's kind of like this upward understanding of things so you understand when you say way up there it's heaven but yet we're still greatly confused because all we know is that heaven is when you're with the lord um and uh and those kind of things he also uses the word paradise any thoughts on that
1: yeah uh it's all it's not used very often um i believe it's used in the greek translation of the old testament um in the garden um but in the New Testament, it's it's it, as far as I can tell, it's only used two other times. One, when Jesus says, either, I say to you today, you'll be with me in paradise, or today you'll be with me in paradise. And the, the other time in in, in Revelation, uh, speaking to the churches about uh, having a share in the tree of life, which is in paradise. Um, and so hmm. um, wh- whatever it is, it is the sort of... At- after the garden is gone, you know, guarded by the the angel, and you know, but after the flood, um, you can't get to paradise, to the garden, to Eden, in the normal way. You can't walk there, uh, you can't travel there. So, in some way, it is separated from us by. In, in a way that we can't get there, and so the only way you get there is is with with Jesus and and with the Lord. So there's some kind of revelation that's given to Paul here um, that uh, he is, and and what he's told. Obviously, he says we don't know, um, but some sort of revelation. Maybe it's maybe it's in the beginning when he's after his conversion and he's out in the wilderness for a while. Uh, it, I don't think we know for sure, but. Um, Wherever God is, um, that's. And I think so. I think paradise here, then, obviously, are he uses the same words. They're they're parallel. Paradise and third heaven are parallel. Um, he mm-hmm. even uses mm-hmm. the same phrase. It's a. It's kind of interesting that he uses this twice, whether in the body or out of the body. I don't know. God knows. Um,
0: right. Right. And that is a fascinating thing that he does. And what, what, I, what I read upon this is kind of this, he didn't want people to think this is like Elijah and Enoch. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I went up physically, I was up there, you know, and then, and then I came back. Kind of like, because yeah. then the story becomes about him. And probably part of the reason why he doesn't necessarily use his name here is because all of a sudden, if people receive this kind of revelation, people are going to start listening to you and not their eyes back on Jesus. I thought that was a fact. Yeah. I never really looked at that. I was kind of more. I thought it was just Paul being apathetic. I don't know. I don't know. I did. I don't know. Any yeah. any thoughts on that and why he highlights that? Yeah, I mean the the
1: whole thing. I mean, especially with, with we. I don't know. We didn't read verse five yet, but on behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast. I think that it, it kind of points out the rhetoric of what he's been saying and the reason why he's put this distance between himself and this kind of vision is he's he says this is you know a significant thing but i i'm not going to boast about that um i'm going to talk about my weaknesses as he goes on but the um it uh yeah, I think because then people want him to write a book and make a movie about his experience, right? If <laughs> if he if it's him, uh, but but I think you're right. You know, that isn't that not that what people? You know, if you can sort of prove that I've had this higher spiritual experience, then people are going to try and listen to you because you have some spiritual insight uh, that other people don't have. And Paul is staying as far away from that as he can. So I, I, that makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. And there's a lot of questions that go with this. One of the things I'm reminded of this when I was on Vicarage, one of our saints at the church, whenever we'd kind of go on a subject like this, where the ending was really, we don't really know. I mean, there's questions about 1 Corinthians 15. There's questions of other things. Well, we don't really know. She would kind of just stop it and go, this is nothing but peripheral pithel. And she's saying, this has nothing to do with my salvation. They're obviously a better Point to this. So that is where we're going to end it right here and move on to verse 5 after the break. But we need to take this break. So we're studying 2 Corinthians chapter 12 with Pastor Tim Winterstein. We'll be right back. <laughs> is what our listeners are saying about KFUO Radio.
1: It's like we Bible-believing Christians have our own special uh, event. I love that. Wish the whole world could belong to Jesus. I really appreciate this, and I'm enjoying it very, very much.
0: To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. Hi, this is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Are you an investor looking to support the bold and loving work of LCMS churches? Is your church or organization ready to do bold and loving work? This year, we have a ripe opportunity to bring Christ to a hurting world. Discover the role you can play in this great work. Call 800-843-5233 or visit lcef.org. That's 800-843-5233, lcef.org. A hardened ranch hand bears wounds from the past. As hard as I might try, there are people I cannot forgive. But can he overcome his bitterness? Your memory of your pain is greater than the memory of your deliverance. To protect the son of his best friend. I will give my life to save yours. When Quicksand threatens to kill him. Don't do this. Quicksand, the exciting new audio drama on the next Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. And welcome back. We are studying 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Just the first 10 verses with Pastor Tim Winterstein. We've gone through the first four verses and and I don't want to deny the reality of the truth of the scriptures in the first four verses and say this is perithal and not important. Of course, it's important. The Holy Spirit is here pointing us to Christ. It is something, though, I think it pushes us into the next few verses for us to be able to really dig deep into what Paul is trying to say. So let's do this. Let's read verses 5 through 6, and we can talk specifically about boasting. Paul writes, On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, or I'll be speak for for i would be speaking the truth but to refrain from it so that one may think one no one may think more of me than he sees or hears from me Pastor Winnestein, at the beginning of our, our our of our program here, you brought up the idea of boasting. Now, you served in Minnesota with me, um, and you know I'm here, and I'm a guy that grew up boasting is bad, bad boasting, boasting bad. Let's have a sermon on bad boasting or something like that. And here he says it a lot. You said 29 times. It has many variations throughout this book. When he talks about boasting, tell me tell me your thoughts on boasting and how Paul t- talks about it. So
1: the the point is, uh, you know, where where is our boasting, or where is our um, pride? I mean, even even the word pride—that's another word that goes along with it. In terms of, um, you know, we, we normally think of that as a as bad. Don't don't be proud. Uh, pride goes before a fall, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but but to be to have pride in Christ and not in myself. Um, you know, to, to praise Jesus for what he's done. You you can't praise Jesus too much. Um, you can't speak too highly of Jesus. You can't boast of him too much or what he's done. Now, of course, sinners can always corrupt things uh, and often do, <laughs> but uh, uh, the, in terms of Jesus himself, you, you can't, you can't speak too highly or sp- say too much or, or be too proud or boast too much. And so uh, I think that sort of seems to me that's you know I'm no expert of re- on rhetoric but th- rhetorically that seems to be where paul is going that uh he's he he could and he would be telling the truth and this i mean i think this is a natural a natural human thing if if we are being attacked uh or we're being accused of something or uh people are, are mad at us or for something or whatever. Um, the, the tendency is to defend ourselves, to say, no, that's not true. Here's the truth. I I did this. I didn't do that. You know, and, and so Paul says, I could defend myself, and I could defend myself against these accusations that I'm not as important or significant as these other people, but what's the point of that? That's only to lift up myself. Uh, I'd be telling the truth, but that's not what I'm after here is, the truth about myself. I'm here about the truth of, about what Jesus has done, and uh, and so it's a it's a really it's a it's a humbling thing on the part of Paul, and probably I mean I I kind of sense it a little bit in between the lines. This is this is maybe not the 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 thing that Paul would like to do according to his flesh. His flesh wants to defend himself and say, no, I I am important. Here's the reasons, uh, but he it, he is humbled by the grace that's been given to him um, and what he has, what's happened to him. I mean, Jesus, in the very beginnings, he says to Ananias, I'm going to show him how much he's, he's going to suffer for my name. Uh, and he, nice. in, in chapter 11, he, he really, uh, <laughs> Paul lays all of that out, how it's, how it's happened. So he's been humbled and he knows it's not about me. And if, you know, even if it is the truth, and so this is something I think we can we can consider in terms of our own. Uh, when people attack us, what what finally in the end does it matter if they even mm-hmm. if they lie about us, even if they or if they're telling the truth, and you know, then we ought to confess and repent. Uh, but uh, if they're not, in the end, what does it really matter? Um, take it. You know, we can we can sort of receive that. And even though it kind of needles us in the flesh uh, or a thorn, maybe uh, it we, we can we can uh, accept that and understand that Jesus himself was accused falsely uh, and he didn't speak about it until he was kind of put under oath to God. Um, so we can learn something there from Paul, I think.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this this understanding of there was definitely a reaction to the super apostles of them boasting probably of themselves. I think that's what we have to kind of assume that he's doing. So he uses the word a lot, probably as a little bit of a needling of these super apostles. But he speaks, and and you said it so well, he's talking about boasting. What am I going to boast in? I'm going to boast in the Lord. This is from chapter 10. And today we, you know, and here we're hearing him saying, boasting of my weaknesses. Now, Pastor, do you have any perspective on how can we faithfully boast of our weaknesses as Christians? Any any thoughts on that? I've been kind of struggling with this, and I wanted to see if you had any insights. How how do we do that in today's world?
1: Yeah, it's... uh... Because it can turn, it can turn. uh, We can turn it around and actually make it more about us, right? There, you have people. (laughs) We kind of can sometimes be tempted toward kind of a martyr complex, right? Where we, where we, focus on our weaknesses or the kind of self-deprecation. But it's really to to turn it around and make it better for us. And and I think um, what what Paul is. And it's interesting. I mean, this—I think this—this this happens to us, where when we start to think too highly of ourselves, uh, something's something's going to happen. Uh, something's going to, you know. And the proverb is a proverb for a reason—that pride goes before a fall. Because it, whether it's boasting of our strengths or where we try to turn our weaknesses around and make that make it about us again, um, then something something happens where we realize i'm just as paul says in a different different place you know i'm just a a vessel of clay and if uh mm, if i try mm-hmm. to get beyond that and it's about me again instead of jesus then then and especially you know as pastors this is it's obviously a, a struggle because you know people are looking in our direction for the word of God and for Christ, and so to to not uh, let it be about us. It's it's a difficult temptation, and uh, and so Paul speaks about how how it for himself. Uh, he's he the Lord has kept him uh, from from making it about himself, and and you know is it, you know Philippians uh, is Philippians where where he speaks of you know I I I have all of these credentials, but it's, it's all garbage. It's all rubbish Mm -hmm, compared mm -hmm. to knowing the surpassing greatness of Christ um, for me. And, uh, you know, having the hope of the resurrection. Um, So Paul, Paul does uses this strategy more than once in terms of um, building up what would be kind of impressive things that people other people would could look to or could point to and he says that's not it's not really worth anything so um it's kind of a um i don't know what you would call it but the strategy of of building up this thing to knock it down in order that people might see jesus um
0: and that's what he does in chapter 11 where he says um uh I'm a fool basically. Let me be a fool for a while. Let me let me be foolish with you guys cuz you guys are being foolish. I'm going to be with you. So let me tell you about this and this and this is why this is foolish. You Corinthians quote are so wise, but yet you're dealing with all these and people are basically just putting more burden upon you and more of this and that and and you want to talk about burden i 'll tell you about burden i 've had it you know it goes through all of this thing, and then he admits his weaknesses and guaranteed the the more I read about Corinth, weakness was not a great virtue within that kind of community. you know knowledge was um, the, the 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 inner spiritual self was everything, and so sometimes the body was seen as a as a separate thing. Gnosticism. We don't necessarily have to get into that, but it really was not a place that would say, wow, this guy is actually admitting that he makes mistakes. He admits that he has problems. He admits all of these things. And and what does this mean? You know, what does this mean for us? And now he, in verse six, though, I should wish to boast. OK, I would not be a fool if I did. I'll be speaking the truth. So he's speaking about, okay, what is a good way to boast? A boast in the Lord. And if we admit that we're weak, we are already pointing people back to Jesus. And that's what he keeps doing over and over again. But I refrain from it so it doesn't become about me. So it's this weird thing because you can become um, arrogant in your, quote, humility. Someone, for example, if someone comes to Pastor Winterstein, you know, as he kind of did today, you know, he's a smart dude, but he doesn't admit it. So, I, you know, someone says, "Wow, well, you know, Pastor Tim, you're so you're so smart, but you're, you're so humble and you're so, you know, you're so all this. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like the devil whispers in your ear and goes, that's right. And you kind of puff your yeah. chest. I am humble. <laughs> I'm the most humble. So, I'm the... <laughs> Let me tell you about it, you know. So pauls you can tell he's trying to fight that. It's almost like Romans 7, the good I want to do, I do not do Kind of, kind of yeah. language. He's fighting it, and his goal, which is what we're going to find out here real soon, but he brings up something unique that hopefully we can find some answers to. We'll read verses 7 and 8. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of Revelations, of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. I'm going to stop there. Um, Thorn of the flesh. What is he talking about? What do you think? Um, It's it's interesting.
1: I think more recently, people have started to speculate a little bit. um, Everything from, epilepsy to uh homosexuality I think I've heard um hmm. but the in I was looking at uh this this ancient Christian commentary on the scriptures on second Corinthians and it seems to me that the consensus in those in those ancient writers or more ancient writers was was something that makes a lot more sense and fits very well with the context, which is simply the attacks on him from these enemies in Corinth. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and in fact, I, the, the, I looked up the word. This is the only place it appears in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, in the Greek translation, there are a couple places um, in Numbers thirty-three fifty-five, and in Ezekiel twenty-eight twenty-four, 24 uh, this word is used, and both times numbers 33 is kind of a um it's the the thorn is not it says the thorns in your eyes uh and spears Mm. in your sides uh and it refers to the nations around israel and how they would cause problems for for israel Um, and and the similar thing in in ezekiel the kind of these enemies a thorn of bitterness and a a different word for thorn uh thorn of pain or grief so both of those places, at least, it seems to be um, uh, where where people are causing problems for you for the people of God. And and to me, that makes perfect sense. With we don't we don't re- I I think we don't really have to speculate too much anymore. It's simply the 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 people, the enemies of Saint Paul in Corinth, are are the ones who are attacking him. They are the the sort of angel of satan so to speak um they they are the uh the ones who are keeping him from being too conceited because he can't he has to deal with these attacks and they're they're saying things about him etc and so to me that makes a lot of sense and it seems to be the 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 consensus of the early commentators on second corinthians that that that's what it is that these are the these are the super apostles or the enemies uh who are kind of accusing him in in um In Corinth,
0: You know, that is that is makes perfect sense. I really appreciate that insight, especially looking at the word being used in the same way. It doesn't it doesn't specifically say physical, which is what I've always gone to. And this is how we speak in America, right, is, you know, oh, you are a thorn in my side, (laughs) Um, which actually fits with what we're saying, because usually you're referring to a person who's causing you problems. and I think we all can relate with this because whether this is in the church or at your work or even in your own family, is that when you are at odds with somebody, it really is like a pain in your side. Like if you've ever gone running and you're running pretty well and all of a sudden your side starts to hurt, it affects everything. And when you are at odds with other people, especially here, um, it, it, it controls everything and we know this too well in the church and in our lives, which shows us the brokenness and the weakness we all have. Any any response to that or thoughts on that, throwing the flesh, uh, conflict, church, family, life? Any thoughts, Pastor?
1: Yeah, I mean, w- w- I think one of the things, that, at least, that it shows us is how little control we have over things. Um, I mean, we can choose what we do, uh, and we can choose how we react to people, but you can't control other people and you can't control the circumstances. And, and, uh, so the, the Lord, uh, uses that. Um, and I think, I think here, even though it says a messenger of Satan and we, we would normally want to talk about how opposed God and Satan are, but you can think of the book of Job, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and God, God's the one who is not only, uh, whom Job kind of holds, Responsible for what's happening to him, but God Himself uh, uh, it claims and will will receive that responsibility. God's the one who who takes everything, and there is evil, but God God's the one who's finally uh, working that, um, and He even brings uh, He brings good out of what both the devil and what sinners uh, choose to do. You can't sort of. Stop God from doing His will based on, uh, and so Paul, so God's using this to to keep uh, Paul mindful of the fact that he, in spite of everything, is not the one who is in charge, and uh, mm-hmm. and to keep me from being, to thinking too much of myself. In the end of verse seven, um, so we we it, it's it's uh, we, we it's not. Nice, and it's not uh, comfortable. Uh, but uh, we, what should we do? We should do what Paul does and turn to the Lord. Uh, and you know, it's it's not wrong to ask the Lord to to take away that particular thing, whatever it might be. What you know, the the we we all face sort of, as you said attacks in in the flesh, uh, living in this world, and we can't avoid them. Um, but where do we turn? Do we turn to sort of bitterness and despair, or do we turn to the Lord who,
0: who is finally uh, drawing us to Himself? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we could talk. We could talk a lot longer about that. But the point is here: where do we go? And it clear he went to the Lord. He says three times. I don't know if there's any significance to that. He just did. Pleaded with the Lord, take this from me. And this is this is what we do as Christians. Our prayers are not only you know, give me a new car, give me this, is that sometimes it's in complete despair, much like the, 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 the Psalms of Lament or Lamentations itself, where you say, Oh, Lord, where are you? What are you doing? Um, and that's what he does three times. And the question is, how does God answer? So let's, let's look at verse nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So the Lord doesn't give him an answer of don't worry, I'll take that throne of the flesh away from you right now. But what does he say? My grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness. What is what is the Lord telling Paul here, Pastor? Um it's
1: uh it, I some you know, some of the just prior to that, some some of the these ancient commentators assume that Paul didn't only ask three times, uh, but that three is sort of stand, stands in for asking over and over. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and verse nine, he said to me, or, you know, he said to me and he's still saying to me, I think there's an ongoing reality Mm. that this is, God didn't just say this one time and and I think we 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 could recognize this in ourselves. We don't need to hear this word only one time. Uh we forget it and we start to think, well, no, I need to do this or this needs to happen, but but the Lord keeps repeating his word. Um and especially I think in verse 9 what's, what what uh, we the word weakness, it's it can be any kind of thing uh like physical or or um it's the word that's often translated sicknesses when when people bring uh people to Jesus to be healed uh a lot of times it says like various weaknesses or sicknesses um hmm. and um so it seems to me a general kind of a general word any any kind of weakness like in our minds in our bodies in our souls you know whatever whatever it might be for us um, and where specifically, I, I think this is maybe more than just general weakness or p- individual's weakness, because in um, in chapter 13, Paul uses this word in connection with the crucifixion of Jesus in yeah. verse 4. Yeah. And, I, and so finally, where do we actually see this happening? Um, what happens to Jesus? Uh, God does not remove him from the cross and restore his health and he's magically healed and there's no more nail marks or something. Uh, He saves him and his power is demonstrated. And Paul consistently uses the word power in, in reference to uh, the resurrection. Um, Mm -hmm. Where is that actually made perfect? Um, Not kind of right in the moment because Jesus still dies, but finally he, Vindicates him by the resurrection, and and not by saving him from that death. And I think there we kind of kind of finally see that that we're never going to be free of weakness or sickness or or uh, hardship or the things that Paul says in verse ten or up above or wherever. Uh, we're never going to kind of we're never going to be free of those in this world. We 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 are waiting for the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, and uh, and then then we will know fully and finally the the, um, the power of God, the power by which he raised Jesus from the dead, the power uh, by which he will also raise our bodies. So I think connected to Jesus finally is the, the power of Christ, not, yeah. you know, sort of generic power uh, um, it, and not, not abstract power, but specifically in the resurrection uh, is Paul points us.
0: And Paul does so well at pointing this understanding of, yes, I'm weak. Yes, I'm boasting in weaknesses. And then he continuously points us back to the weakness of Christ in this sense, uh, the happy exchange that you hear Martin Luther say, for our sake, he made him To be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I would put power into that language as well. Um, And he speaks all the time. Philippians, being found in human form, he humbled himself by obedience to the point of death, even death on a cross. Pointing us fully, and he said this so well, he continues this in chapter 13 of where is this weakness that we see? Well, Jesus If Jesus can be weak, guess what? So can we. But guess what? He's the one who has all the power and authority because he has conquered death and the grave and everything else. Because at the end of the day, you said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we are just feeble instruments, um, jars of clay, it says. And so it's a good reminder for us that we are indeed weak, but yet it is our Lord who is strong. Let's get the last verse here, Pastor, and, and he really wraps it up well here. Verse 10. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What does he say in this last verse?
1: The, uh, the I like the word content. Uh, I don't know if that's a uh, contentment. Is is probably not a thing that's very common uh, to mm. to many of us in the in the way that the world is, um, but. You know, I, I think of this sometimes uh, in terms of, you know, sermons or you know, th- this happens. I, I think I've probably heard every pastor say this: uh, that I thought I had this really great sermon. I thought, I mean, I, the illustrations and the the rhetoric and the the format and the the everything was everything was great, and nobody nobody says anything. Right, no, they just kind of right. hear it and they go on, and then you think, man, I, I just, I'm not ready. I didn't, uh, I did, I couldn't quite get this the way I wanted it, or it was, it's a bad sermon, etc. And then you have all these people saying, man, I re- there's really this. I heard this, and and this really affected me, or this changed the way I thought about this, or whatever. And you, you, you realize I don't have control of what God does with His Word, um, and the. The more I realize that, uh, the better it is for what I'm doing. So I'm content. Okay, so that's going to happen. The, Paul mentions these other things, and I think it fits in with the thorn, right? Insults, persecutions. Um, I'm content with all of these things because it means that it's it's not going to be about my strength and what I can do and my ability. And Paul, I mean, it's a pretty consistent theme, and you know, throughout the Corinthian letters especially um, uh, about uh, how it's the weak who shame the strong and the, the poor who shame the rich and the and the foolish who shame the wise, etc. And those are, the, those are the people that God chooses. Um, and so here's kind of his personal version of that, um, and for the sake of Christ. So it's not just... It's not just the weaknesses insults hardships persecutions calamities in themselves it's for the sake of christ and when i'm weak then i'm strong again it's it's the it's actually the uh, the, uh another version of the word that he used for power up above um and uh the, so again it's it this is about christ it's not about you know well somehow i've just made up my mind to be strong in the middle of weaknesses it's it's christ doing his work um, in through me. And, and I think here for, for, you know, people who aren't pastors, I think this happens too, right? You you want to say the word of God to someone who's suffering or grieving or something. And you think, man, I really messed that up. I didn't have the right words. I, I didn't like, you know, but again, it's Christ's word. So be content with, mm. do the best you can and let it's in his hands finally, and I think that could be, uh, it's, a, it's a good encouragement for us not to, again, not to think too highly of our own ability or knowledge or, or strength, uh, but Christ's own power, will do he will do his work.
0: For when I am weak, I am strong because I have the Lord Jesus who has all the power, as you pointed out so well in the resurrection. Real quickly, about 30 seconds here, Pastor, how would you describe this chapter so far? A word or a short sentence?
1: Um, we're, we're always going to face, uh, Paul has a very specific opposition, but we're always going to face, uh, these sorts of things because we follow the Christ who suffered and died. Um, and so that's what way it's going to be in this world. But I think of Jesus words regularly, uh, you're going to have trouble in the world, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And here is Paul's kind of uh, testimony to that for his, his own life and and for each person uh it's, it's going to look a little bit different but finally we're looking forward to the resurrection and everything will be will be good and right then
0: for i'm content i am content with all these yeah. things because i have christ pastor tim winterstein of faith lutheran church in east wenatchee washington not in vietnam america Help on us today in the first half of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Pastor Wintersign, thank you for being our guest.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: Saints of our Lord, you may have a thorn in the flesh, you may not, but the Lord still says to you, my grace is sufficient for you and my powers is made perfect in weakness. Whatever happens, we know that we have Christ with us and the cross. He has become weak so that we may be strong in him and him alone. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.